Welcome back to the Frontline. Today's guest is Liz Smith, a paramedic with CCEMS. I'm excited to have her on today because we're going to be discussing not only her backstory, everything she's gone through, but also her participation in the creation of the Five Nines alongside Taylor Anderson. Hi there. My name is Liz Smith. I'm a paramedic with CCEMS. I've been a provider for about 10 years now. Um, I have... A wonderful husband who's a lieutenant at Jamestown Fire, so it's nice to have that support system in the home. And together we have four children ranging from 11 to 20 years old. Oh my gosh, I have four children too. Yeah, it's busy. <laughs> That's a great word for it, busy. Yeah. Busy. So you said you're a paramedic. How long have you been doing that? Um, five years as a medic and five years prior as a basic EMT. Okay. That's what I am right now as an EMT. So how long has your husband been in the fire department? Uh, I believe this is year eight for him. Good for him. Yep. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. Um, so together, the two of you are just like a powerhouse of medic and fire, like n this ultimate safety team at home, right? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we try to be, but it's yeah. hard when you're in the business too. You sometimes brush off things of no big deal. That might be a bigger deal because you've seen enough. <laughs> yeah. I may or may not um, not have fire extinguishers in my house. <laughs> I don't <laughs> and, think we have any <laughs> So I'm working on that. I asked uh, I asked one of my chiefs, Tom Allen, who owns Allen Fire Equipment. I just keep forgetting to get them from him. Yeah. So one of these days I'll be safety-minded. Yeah. It's okay. I think we have one downstairs because we do heat with wood. So we have some oh, yeah. stuff for wood stove. But um, when he became the code enforcement officer, he came back from training was like, all right, here's the deal. <laughs> Everything needs to be hardwired and linked together. So our entire um, alarm system is... Um, Wi-Fi connected. So if one goes off, it tells you what room and it'll alert all of them to what Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's That's like, really it's cool. like wirelessly connected. So yeah. when we did, we started doing some renovations in my house and uh, we put an addition on and we did wired ones. Mm -hmm. I didn't know there was wireless ones. I guess yeah. I never really looked into it. Yeah. We built a master bedroom in the basement and I was on nights at the time. So we were like soundproof, everything proofed so I could sleep because yeah. I'm such a light sleeper. And I was like, the only thing I'm not comfortable with is at night. Like, how do I hear if something's going on upstairs? So he got the system where they're all wired together and they're labeled for each individual room. So it would even tell you what room alarm is going off. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. I'm going to have to look into that more. Yeah. Some advances um, of technology. I love technology. It's my favorite. <laughs> so um, between the two of you, your husband and you, um, I imagine you guys have never seen anything horrific at work. No, never. <laughs> So far, it's just been stub toes. Yep, stub toes. Yeah, it sounds about right. Of, decade of providing stub toes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but really, what uh, – now, we obviously probably can't talk about too many specifics, um, but what are some bad things that you have dealt with? Uh, well, being in a small community, it's uh, – most recently would really be um, responding to family friends. Mm. So you can have uh, – rough calls, traumatic calls where you yeah. know the people or know the family of the patient, which is very difficult. I find that harder than actual hurt or sick patients a lot of the times. My husband's seen fair share of his stuff as well, and but we've got a good system at home that we can talk, which is nice. So a system at home, so the two of you. Yes. So do you just kind of unburden yourselves and uh, just talk through the entire story of what you saw, what happened, or how does it work for you guys? Uh, I'm, as a female, a little bit more yeah. open to spill all the beans. He sometimes is a little bit more reserved. But so he's like, I went to work and I came home and that's what happened. Yeah, no, not that bad. Okay. We, we actually dedicate time every night together. We have a, a jacuzzi tub. So every night we we take time, at least 15 minutes to be in the jacuzzi tub and we talk about Anything we can think of, we check on each other's spiritual well-being, um, how is work, you know, mm -hmm. go through a whole thing to make sure we're communicating well. Yeah. So we'll, I usually tell him all the details as best I can. And yeah. and he's, he's usually pretty good. He's gotten better. It's taken a little bit more to learn to communicate on that level because we never used to. Jacuzzi time. That's yes. what I'm missing here. Yes. I need that. Absolutely. It's it's quiet. <laughs> Away from all the children. Except for all the bubbles. <laughs> that's all right. That background noise. Yeah, that's right. That noise is good. <laughs> so so you talked about checking on each other's uh, spirituality. Um, so that brings us into faith. You're a Christian. Yes. Um, and do you both find uh, 
having the root of Christianity helps you through your work? For me, I there is absolutely no way I could do this job without it. Yeah. I There's no way. I've been a believer my whole life. I've had a relationship with God my whole life. And really, COVID time, my relationship got pretty warm. Like, it wasn't hot anymore. I wasn't on fire for God. It was, it was a lukewarm relationship where mm-hmm. I was like, all right, Lord, I'll check in when I need something. But other than that, let me control my life. Um, and my husband really, uh, he believed in God, but wasn't pursuing in any way, wasn't, was kind of on the fence with mm-hmm. stuff. And really we went through, um, a horrific year last year and actually we're just a few weeks shy of finalizing our divorce when we both, um, recommitted, I committed to the Lord, recommitted, he found God and we salvaged our marriage and family. So I've been there. Him. Yeah. Uh, in 2010, my wife and I almost got divorced. Uh, I, left the house because it was my screw up and I told her she could have the house, everything. And mm-hmm. it's like my bad. And, uh, I moved in with my parents again, which mm-hmm. is a super weird feeling. Yeah. Um, but honestly, by the grace and mercy of God, mm-hmm. uh, it was about, I think it was about four months separation and she couldn't bring herself to signing the divorce papers. Mm-hmm. I signed them. Cause again, I, I screwed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, she couldn't bring herself. So we were a signature away yes. from filing divorce. Yes. And, you know, I contribute every bit of our relationship to God, mm-hmm. to Jesus. It's the biggest mistake I ever made was in the earliest of our relationship, I, I didn't have Christ. Mm-hmm. And I was mad. Uh, a friend of mine, my best friend growing up, died in a car accident. Mm. And so I did the natural thing and shook my fist at God. Because what else are you going to do? Right. And I said, uh, God can't be real. He takes perfectly good people off mm-hmm. the earth and uh, uh, kills people. And I was just in such a dark, dark place. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, through that, and I'm, I'm honestly just realizing this right at this moment. Mm-hmm. Through that, I actually continued to talk to God because I was yelling at God. Mm-hmm. So I was still communicating, telling him how he didn't exist. <laughs> so that's funny to me because I'm just right. not realizing that. Yep. Um and it was only a few months uh, later I met my wife. Mm. And I have always called her my conduit to God because I honestly believe that God brought her to me, brought us together. Um, but still through the years, I didn't have that root of Christianity and my wife had to keep working on it over and over again. And uh, she would salt and pepper stuff in, you know. Yeah. It would be uh, something good would happen. Like, oh, man, see what I did? She'd be like, see what Jesus did? Yep. Like, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? You know, it would be something small like that. Yep. And uh, so, no, I, I agree. Having Jesus at the center of the relationship is is really great. And it's it's commendable that you two recommitted yourselves. Yeah. That's huge. It was, um, it was, I mean, I, t- tomorrow is actually the anniversary of my daughter's death. So around this time frame, I start to get a little emotional. So bear with me. But um, going through that last year was, was like hand in hand, the same feelings, the same devastation and loss and for what God did, how he restored and not just restored. I spent 12 years praying for my husband, you know, to have a relationship with God. And that's all I was like, Lord, just let him know you. That's all I ever wanted. And the, the massive transformation in both of us is beyond anything imaginable. And it's one of those things like, you have to remember, God will give you beyond your wildest dreams, beyond what you're even capable of thinking when you're actually following his will for your life. So it's been astronomical and we're actually both um, pastors at our church now. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's incredible. I think that uh, most people don't realize um, that you can ask God for quite literally anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to receive it. Right. Because he knows all. He knows what's best. He knows what's going to happen with everything. And he will literally move mountains though. For real. I mean, mm, so did. And watching it trickle down into our children now to see, especially our 20-year-old, she blows me out of the water. The faith journey she's on right now is like far beyond her years. And uh, it's just isn't amazing it, to sit back and watch what God's doing. Isn't it beautiful to see the? So you're raising now the next generation of God's children. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I didn't grow up at, in a Christian family. They, they always said they were, but we never went to church. Right. You know, they believed in God, but that was about the extent of it. But is it believe in God, but a practicing atheist? I mean, you know, yeah, you know, there's you a fine God, line there. Don't, yeah, exactly. You, that's the phrase. You, you don't believe in God, but you're not acting like it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly yeah. it. 
And so I never knew what it meant to be a real Christian. And through the years I've learned all that, but I think it's uh, amazing what God will do, the radical change that he will do in your children. Uh, I know uh, just a few weeks ago, I was having a really hard time. And my oldest son, who is 16, uh, I was really struggling, having a bad day. And he laid his hands on my back and he prayed for me. So mm. I'm sitting there with my head down on my hands. And I'm so upset. Mm. And uh, he prayed over me. And I was like, that's more beautiful wow. than anything else I could have experienced. Nothing greater than that. Nothing. <laughs> it's wonderful. It really is. That is amazing. So do you feel like talking about what you said about your daughter? Sure. Okay. Yes. Um, she uh, Tomorrow would have been her 16th birthday. She was uh, stillborn at eight and a half months. Mm. So, And I was actually married prior. I got married when I was 18 years old. And 18-year-olds know everything. Yes, so, they do. Yeah, I knew everything. So I was a very, very short marriage. and um, uh, But I did have, um, including my daughter, that passed three beautiful children yeah. out of that. So I have a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old. And then my daughter, Audrey, would have been 16 tomorrow. I love that you still say you had four children. Yes. That's incredible. Uh, my, I have a friend who uh, they had a, a, it wasn't a stillborn, it was a late miscarriage. Mm. And he says the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, uh, he's got tattoos for his children and one of them is, uh, so there's stars and uh, they're all colored in. The one is empty, but mm. it's there and it's empty. Wow. And, you know. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. And it's I, I actually, I gained a stepdaughter in my marriage too. So I count her as, I, she's my child too. I've been, I've known her since she was four months old. She's 20. And so it's one of those things like I, I had four children, but I also have four children. Yeah. And it, you know, that's just how I view it. There's something really special about that too. Um, uh, previously, you and I were talking about a family member of mine. Uh, well, I ended up uh, acquiring her daughter. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, I guess the more appropriate word is taking. And uh, that was a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. And so through the process, through the years, we're in, still in the process right now of trying to adopt her. Mm-hmm. And it's really beautiful because she's calling us mom and dad now. Mm-hmm. And wonderful. we all have a good home, good everything compared to what she was in before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, <laughs> she's going to kill me for saying this. <laughs> I call her my little pre-owned. <laughs> <laughs> a little brand. She, she had some miles on her when I got her, but she's good, she's a good kid. That's what I call my. We don't use the word step, so she's my bonus daughter. That's what bonus I call daughter. bonus daughter. I love it. Yep, that's great. Now, how do your kids feel about what you guys do? Do they ever see the stress that you bring home, or or have you ever talked about them or about what you go through, what you've witnessed with them? Yeah, we're we're pretty open about you know with obviously the appropriate limitations yeah, with laws absolutely. and everything, but. We're pretty open, and actually, um, our 17-year-old right now is in EMT class, and my husband is the instructor, oh, and she rides along with me. So it's it's ironic because not ironic is just it's beautiful in the sense that the other day while she was riding with me, we responded to a call with my husband. So it was a family affair. All three of us were on the same call together, and that's amazing. Um, she wants to pursue RN fully, but she's starting here, and um, she's very aware. We talk about mental health and. Um, I had during everything last year, I had a pretty substantial PTSD breakdown mm-hmm. and the kids were an eyewitness to all of that. They watched me it through yeah. it all. So I was very open about EMDR therapy and talk mm-hmm. therapy and this is what you need to do. And, and, you know, I didn't realize at the time the slope I had slid down until sure. it was falling down a cliff. Yeah. So I've brought what awareness I have to like, hey, kids, you know, this is what's going on. This is the changes that can happen. This is some warning signs, you know, dark humor is so great and all, but it's actually not coping. <laughs> it's not it's coping funny, but not coping. <laughs> it is not coping. Um, it's mental health is something that I, I believe the society is getting better at, yeah. but still is not enough focus. Um, I told Taylor this in, in the last podcast, um, your brain controls everything, mm-hmm. everything. So if that foundation is mm-hmm. not okay, nothing else is going to be. Absolutely. Uh, I have a friend who was undergoing stress and didn't realize it. His body was reacting. His heart was reacting. And he's like, I've got this. I don't feel stressed at all. And the doctor's like, yes, you do. You're just not realizing it. And so he ended up going on a 
a couple month journey of relaxation, uh, less work, less troubles, uh, finding ways to relax and cutting back on work. And all those symptoms went away. Hmm. And he's like, oh, I yeah. guess I was. Yeah. I remember Taylor talking a little bit about the body response and it's when she and I met, man, it was like, it was like our stories were almost copy and paste. We were throwing them together. Like, yeah, me too. No way. Me too. But we were talking about that. I was diagnosed with ADHD in in second grade. And until I processed my trauma and realized I did not have ADHD, I was in a flight mode my entire life and very, very much looking for threats all the time. So I couldn't focus and very jumpy. And I had no idea this was a trauma response. And I've been, I was on Adderall for, oh my gosh, like seven years. And, and I, you didn't even need it. I, I, well, I did then. I, it yeah. helped then. Like, I thought it was helping But then, it was a Band-Aid on a misdiagnosis. Yep. It was a Band-Aid on a diagnosis that wasn't really, you know, energetic girl with a lot of childhood drama. Yeah. And I've been off of Adderall now since, like, July. Yeah. And I How do you feel? Amazing. That's amazing. Awesome. I'm more clear. It took a little while to, because it is an addictive substance, and I was... I was, I knew I wasn't addicted. I, I've always just been able to dead stop. Like I used to be a smoker, dead stop. Yeah. I drank alcohol, dead stop. Like no big yeah. deal. But I was so worried about how, how am I going to wake up? Because it's a stimulant. Yeah. So that was like, it was a couple of days of like, I am tired. I am so tired. Yeah. But it was only a couple of days and I've been, besides the weight gain you get from it. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, it was, you know. Just to be clear, decision. if Liz turns sideways, she will disappear. So, um. <laughs> no. Well, during the mental health stuff last year, I had lost a total of thirty-five pounds in like two months. So you can't afford to lose that much. I did, and I gained it all back. So I'm healthy wow. again. I'll put it that way. But wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so my mental health journey um, has led me to do things like this, and which I love, mm-hmm. in, in conjunction with what you guys are doing. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, I don't think any of my officers here at the department have ever been told what I'm about to say. So if they're going to listen and they hear this and they have questions, they can come to me. Um, so mental health is often, often misdiagnosed. Um, and I was diagnosed a number of years ago as bipolar and I don't ever really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because the stigma yeah, is a huge stigma, especially if you don't understand bipolar, the different types of disorders and what's happening. And I've been on a journey to find the appropriate medicine and honestly, up until a few months ago, I don't think I ever found the right medicine. I'm on something right now that I'm absolutely loving. I feel normal again. I don't have the high highs and the low lows, mm-hmm. and I feel really, really good. Um, but there was depression mixed in with the bipolar. Mm-hmm. And so I'd get frustrated really, really easily. And that doesn't work well with bipolar because, again, if you have a low low mixed with depression, which is anger, yeah, it comes out as explosive. Yep. And so what I was told by my psychiatrist is in the last five years, they've really learned that men, because we're all miswired, all all men are, we emote depression through anger. Yep. And so a lot of times when men are frustrated, irritated, low patience, they might actually be depressed and not even know it. Mm -hmm. And it was a game changer for me when I found this out. And uh, so I, I... can't think the health industry enough for dumping more money into research right. and trying to figure all this out. Um, but with that being said, let's talk about now that we've covered all the bases here and how everybody in the world is unhealthy, just to be clear. <laughs> there's no healthy person I've ever everybody met. Everybody needs a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Everybody needs help. So first responders in particular are a passion of mine. I'm a third generation first responder. And I obviously am a current first responder, and you do first responding. Uh, Taylor does first responding as a police officer. You guys are starting the uh, Five Nines Initiative. Now, did Taylor start that, and then you joined, or did you start that together? So that was such what a God moment. Um, so a little over a year ago, um, yeah, it was d- December of 2021 20, maybe, I, God was laying it on my heart that I needed to start some type of group for mental health and first responders. So it was something that I, God had really planted the seed in my mind. And I'm like, I I don't know how to do this. So, um, went to our annual church conference in May and I met with a chaplain and I'm like, this is what I, this is the route I need to go start becoming a chaplain and I'll figure out how to do this group. 
So it was something that's been on my mind. And I actually started mm. taking courses for counseling to become a stress counselor and join. Mm. I wanted to join the SISM team. And out of nowhere, Taylor sent me a message and literally was like word for word reading what my journey had been for the last year. And I was like, girl, you are speaking to my soul right now. <laughs> like God put this on my heart a year ago too. Uh, you know, we got to meet. So we ended up meeting up and she had already gotten some like name idea. And we sat down together and started working on a logo and started um, working on what this would look like um, because we have different different, different feels. She's so much into physical fitness and I'm like, girl, where are the Oreos? <laughs> you know, like I don't do that. If I have to run, it's to the ice cream truck. That's about <laughs> it. So like, we were like, let's incorporate so much that we can think of to help people. And we both had very similar experiences, her with ART, me with EMDR therapy. So we're like, we got to tell people because people don't know about this. People don't know that you're, you know, even the stressful calls you see on scene, your home life, could be the the thing that finally sets you off to that downward spiral. And and that's what happened to me. So it's like, yeah, people need to know that you can you don't even have to talk about your trauma, especially for men. It's so amazing these therapies and we were like, let's get the let's get the news out. So So I just recently learned about this. My wife came home. Uh, I have past trauma including the loss of my best friend was a big one for me. Mm -hmm. During those developmental years, your brain is like cementing everything you feel here. That's why like you hear a song at 10 that you're obsessed with and you can never forget it for the rest of your life because it's cemented in there during the development years. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my wife came home a few weeks ago and she's like, have you ever heard of this EMDR? And I'm like, no. And so she started telling me about it and then we started watching YouTube videos about it and trying to like understand it. And it's incredible. Incredible. I... um. All I have to do is think about the trauma. Oh my god! You don't even have to talk about it. Nope. I I at the point I where I was last year, I uh, my boss had pulled me out of work. He's like, "You, you yeah. need to take a little time off," and I'm like, "Yeah, I do. I can't. Yeah. I can't function." And he hooked me up with uh, the therapist, and I remember like I was walking like 12 miles a day, just pacing um, on the roads, and I was in such a state of run for your life at that point. And I walked into this office, not even knowing it was EMDR. I think that's the best part. Yeah. It was, this is trauma counseling. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go tell her about my trauma. And I walked in there and she told me what this was. I was like, I've heard of this. I've done a lot of research mm -hmm. on this for returning veterans and how astronomical it is, but I didn't know this was an option here in little old Jamestown. What? Yeah, you know, I, they Chicago don't County? advertise it enough. They don't. And yeah. I was like, all right, we'll try this. And I kid you not, I walked out of that a different person. One session and I had processed so much trauma from starting at five years old. And yeah, and I didn't even realize at the time the amount of triggers that I had that were not even attached to the trauma we had processed, but they were just gone. Like I had multiple triggers I didn't realize. I thought they were just normal and gone, just gone. Well, that's the problem is they, they were normal. Mm -hmm. That's all been normalized to have triggers. Yep. I hate that word. I When I use it, I'm like, I feel like I shouldn't. Right. But I do when I use it. I'm like, I hate to use this word because trigger sounds so, uh, mm. what's the latest? Is it is it Gen Z is the yes, newest? Where I'm like, oh, I'm triggered that you made me do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. because of their overuse of it, I'm yes. like, I, I don't want to use the word, but it's, there's no other way to describe it. Absolutely. So with the EMDR... Now, when I looked it up, it was all about rapid eye movements mm -hmm. and um, people, anybody listening who's interested is going to have to look at it because there's a lot to explain. Yes. Um, but I find it interesting that you found one in town that was good, qualified, you know, they're local. How many sessions did you have to go through? Um, I went through three or four total. Um, I originally processed the current situation I was in because that was causing the most. But then I went back and processed uh, sexual trauma from my past. Mm -hmm. And my very first memory was, and it, I laugh about it because it's really not funny. And I still respond by laughing as I watched my father blow himself up at five. <laughs> so like literally blow himself up. And for me, I was like, huh, it's kind of funny. And I had no idea that was when my quote ADHD started was, yeah. you know, that I'm literally serious. running to get my mom 
And my dad was hospitalized for like a month after that. And I literally had to run to get my mom and I never stopped running. <laughs> was this so an intentional thing he did? No, no. Okay. No, no. He was starting a bonfire. Me and my little brother, who was uh, like 13 months younger than me, were watching him and he used gasoline. That's a, We don't use gasoline anymore. <laughs> yeah, I bet not. Yeah. Is he so, okay now? He is good. He had absolutely God. Like he had second and third degree burns over 24% of his body. Wow. Um, was hospitalized for close to a month, I believe, and has... No damage. I think he has a little bit of lung damage from, like, okay. inhalation injury. But um, he, like, no scars, no deficits, just complete miraculous recovery. God was working in that moment because oh, yeah. I have seen the results of people using gas, mm -hmm. and it does not end that way. No, no. And I, it always blew my mind. I I was like, if I didn't have the memory of it, I'm like, he has no scars. None. I, I don't. I've never noticed any scars. And maybe it's just normal for me now, but I've never, just nothing. He's, yeah, God's thrown a lot of miracles in our family throughout the years, so. It's great that you can look back in hindsight, though. Yeah. And see that. Yeah. Because there's things, again, in my past where I'm like, oh, he was working there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it. And it's it's really cool to see. Yeah. So that's where your trauma started. And you didn't get any help at that point. You didn't get any help until you, for the very first time, until you started doing the EMDR. Yeah. Well, I had done, um, well, I mean, and to be fair, back in the 90s and early 2000s, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't know. Parents didn't know. No. That their kids needed to process this stuff out. Well, this the parents themselves, the adults in the 80s and 90s were like, oh, uh, you became paralyzed. Walk it off. Yes. Yeah, they didn't know. And yeah. uh, what's amazing, if you get the chance, have conversations openly with people in their 60s. Man, it's amazing to watch their eyes light up when you start actually talking mental health with them and they start connecting the dots of, oh, this is just as important as my like yearly checkup. Like it's neat. But yeah, I, um, I had done some, I had never done, I did some counseling after, I believe the death of my daughter. I think I did a little bit my brain has done a really good job of protecting itself. So I have very little memories that are actually starting to resurface now, but most of my memories are long gone. From our bodies, time. our minds especially have a wonderful way of not only protecting us, but compensating in so many ways. So, um, your paramedic, I'm an EMT bodies compensate all the time, oh, yeah. you know, depending on the situation that'll, it'll find a way to compensate. Like, Oh wait, that area is off. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with this zone. We're going to try to compensate in other ways. And, uh, our mind does the exact same thing. Yep. And my wife has told me for years, she has things that she knows she has repressed, but she doesn't know what they are from her childhood. Yep. And, I did too. <laughs> yeah. In therapy, I was very concerned. I, I had a feeling I knew what it was, but had no recollection of it. And I'm, I was like, what happens if yeah. I remember. She's like, you might and you might not. And if you remember, we'll process it out. And if you don't, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. My father-in-law uh, repressed memories from when he was in the military. Mm -hmm. He went in uh, combat overseas and he says he doesn't really remember any of it. Yeah. Like, that's pretty. Now, my father-in-law is a really spiritual man, really loves God, and he will meditate for eight hours at a time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, that God helped him. Oh, absolutely. That and I think that's the same thing that God's done for me is yeah. you don't want to remember this. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to and you don't need to. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I did EMDR really. Um, I, I'd done a little bit of talk therapy here and there. Um, we tried marriage counseling before. I, I, Not true counseling. I did some one-on-one -on -one counseling for about a year. No, it was about two years prior to EMDR. But the therapist was more harm than good. Actually, oh. yeah, it, it wasn't just us. There was multiple people that had substantial problems with this particular therapist. So it was oh. it was a such a rare occurrence that yeah. just happened. But um, was this a, a local therapist? It was. Yeah. So I'm going to do another shameless plug. Um, there's a website called Regain, R-E-G-A-I-N. Mm -hmm. uh, Regain can connect you with thousands of therapists across the country and probably the world. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't like your therapist, you hit a button and they get you a new one just like that. That's, I've seen the advertisements but for that, I think. It's incredible. That's, it, it is. And you put, when, you, when you sign up, you put in all the things you're looking for in a therapist, what the situations are you're going through. And you can also say, I would like someone uh, that's in my religion. Yeah. And so then you can select which religion you're in. My wife and I do uh, marriage counseling for maintenance. Mm -hmm. It's because... Despite the fact that I, I know I'm always right, <laughs> um, 
she thinks that she's always right. <laughs> so, no, uh, more often than not, she doesn't listen to us, so I can say this. More often than not, she's the one on the right. Um, but it is really cool because we have a Christian uh, therapist. She's out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. We meet with her once a week, and the things that she helps us process, we don't even realize is an issue. Yeah. And she's like, see, if you don't take care of this, it's going to become an issue. I'm like, oh, okay. That's awesome. And she, like, encourages us to um, seek the Lord. You know, if something's wrong, she's like, well, have you have you looked at the book? Mm-hmm. Have you looked in your book and see what the answer is? And have you prayed about it? And I'm like, I love that so much. Yes, absolutely. So um, now one of the things about the group that you're starting, uh, going back to the five nines, or start it. It's active. Yes, it's active now. Um, to do something of that nature, you need to have experience. And I think you have a lifetime of experience. And I think that people need to understand that it's okay to have a feeling, have feelings, to, to emote. Right. Um, to understand that they have unprocessed trauma. Mm-hmm. That uh, while the dark humor can be funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also good just to talk about stuff. You know, when you do debriefings, um, really it's about talking about the situation. Right. Because you don't want to bottle that stuff up. So what your what your guys' group is doing is connecting people with the ability to communicate, talk, uh, unburden themselves, be honest with the situation. But then further beyond that, it's connecting people with, I mean, you're, are you a full-blown pastor yet, or are you still in... I'm, I'm an LMC, so local ministerial candidate, which okay. means I'm in the process of uh, stretching my legs to figure out where in ministry I am called to be sure. before I start seminary and, yeah. and everything. That's great. Yeah. So not only are you a valuable resource, but you're able to connect people with other resources, which is fantastic. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I accepted the position as chaplain, is so I can help these guys. Absolutely. Because I know that trauma. I've been on really bad calls, mm-hmm. and I know how they're going to process it, especially mm-hmm. the younger guys. And so what – tell me a little bit about you and the group and Taylor. Where do you see it going? What are you hoping for? Oh, I – our goal really is to try to get a, a weekly – I don't even want to say study, but more conversation. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see – um, conversations and questions being answered because I know Taylor especially we've had a lot of talk about these burdening questions of as you said before like if God's real how could this happen you know and that's a that's a question that most pastors don't want to touch that's a hard question because yeah. sometimes the answer is no answer you know and I've so, got an answer for that yeah I do yeah it's so so God allows the bad to happen because without the bad. You can't recognize the good. Absolutely. And God gave us the free will to come to him and love him purely and unconditionally, just like he loves us unconditionally. And so with that bad, any bad that we experience um, is another opportunity to make that choice. What road do I want to go down? And I think that if we lived in a utopian society, we wouldn't have a reason. Like there'd be people who I'm sure praise, you know, praise Jesus. Great. We have a good day. But they wouldn't realize how much they need Jesus. Exactly. That's one thing I always, I had a couple like non-believer friends that would always ask that. And I'm like, how can you have light without dark? How can you have warm without cold? You can't, there has to be a contrast. You won't know good if you don't know bad. It's exactly not it. possible. Exactly so yeah, there's, and that's a lot like, like the depth of bad that first responders, especially the police side of it, see really can push that question in. And so we want people to ask those questions and we want to say, here's some scriptures. Here's why. Here's a great sermon I saw. Here's a great therapist. If you really want to talk or here, talk to my pastor, talk to this, you know. So we wanted to find a way to really take what we've learned the hard way and get get it out there so that people can easily access it Mm -hmm. and also find that community because you you can't like healing alone is really hard. You've got a community is important in this career. And it's important to have like-minded people who see similar things that can understand so that you can you can debrief. So we're hoping to do like a weekly question or weekly study of some sort. We wanted to try to uh, incorporate monthly meetings, which we were going to try to have one this Thursday, but our schedules have just been awful since we were both on vacation the same week, have not been able to schedule this. So we're going to come to a new date, I think, for our first actual meeting. And um, I know 
we had a couple other Taylor wants to take over some of the um, physical health side. So she talked about doing Murph Challenge, I think it's called, yep. and mud runs and all that stuff. And you know, she can do the mud runs. You and I can sit back and eat Oreos. We'll eat Oreos and watch the Chosen if anyone wants to come. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I can I should be more physically active, but I always I always argue. I'm like oh, I walked around all day carrying my equipment. That's a workout. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we're we're hoping to see this. I'd love to see this really grow, um, and see people be vulnerable. Really, I'm I'm a big fan of like people being like, I don't care what you think. This is what I'm feeling. This is how I'm confused on this, and letting their guard down so that they can be directed in the right path. Hopefully, when you create a safe space, um, which I've been reading through the Five Nines page, um, there is a safe space there, and when you create that. People will drop their guards mm -hmm. and they will see that it's okay. Oh, so-and-so just talked about things. So I can. Mm -hmm. I have a men's group that I just started um, really with the intention of, of accountability. But the men needed something more than a Bible study. They needed a place safe and free from judgment yeah. where they could unburden what they're going through as a man. But they never feel comfortable doing that anywhere else. And they don't feel comfortable in a, in, in a Bible study with, with everybody talking about that. So they wanted something that was designed for that. Mm -hmm. I went through a program in um, South Bend, Indiana called Battle Cry International, specifically for men. And it helps them process trauma. Mm. And, uh, I, I mean, there was people there that were 60 years old and they were down on their knees crying mm. and forgiving. And like, there'd be someone on the other side of them that was pretend, pretending to be their dad and they were hugging them. And, and, the, and the fake dad was saying, I love you. You were enough. You are mm. enough. You grew up to be such a wonderful person. And it was all the things they never got to hear as a child. And maybe their father passed away and it was so great. Yeah. And that person had changed their life. Oh, I'm sure. So by unburdening and doing all of this, you can change their life. You can change the life of even their children. And what I'm what I'm hearing you say, which is, I love, is you're not talking about making this grow and become public and bigger and bigger and bigger. You're talking about just helping people. Yeah, I, and if it yeah. grows, great. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like we want we want to be able to help people. Yeah. And it help as many as possible. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you help one person, that's more than enough. Yeah. Yeah, right. and and honestly, if just Taylor and I are being able to support each other. I'm like, this is a win. Like, yeah. if no one else wants to join, that's okay because she supported me and I've supported her and we're on the path together. And God called us both. So, I mean, we always joke around in our family and our church, like, what a coincidence whenever God has obviously been at play here. And this is one of those where we were like, so perfectly, God planned both of these routes to the this exact moment, this exact time to come together with similar stories for this goal. So it's like, yeah, we just, I I know that we've talked about started the TikTok page and all this. Yep. And I'm like, listen, on the side, I'm a photographer, so I stay behind the camera. <laughs> but if you show me how, I'll get in front of it, but I'm not thrilled about it. Um, all you have but, to do is lip sync and <laughs> dance to videos and you're going to be fine. I I don't know how to do either of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awful at it. My kids make fun of me if I even tried a TikTok. But um, yeah, it was more of like, I don't, I just want people to know. Yeah. I want them to see the things that um, can really help them. Yeah. Especially when you, you look back at, especially if you think of coworkers that, you know, quote unquote, slipped through the cracks that you're like, oh, why is that person being like this? Or, oh, they need to suck it up. And you realize on the other side of your healing journey, like, Ooh, so many people should have really rallied around that person and didn't. And that is huge. And it's still, I mean, it's still massive right now. I see it, I see it now in the live form of somebody struggling and people are like, we're just not gonna hang out with them, as opposed to being like, are you okay? Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that that's the uh, uh, Christian root inside of you. Mm. You know, how many times in church do we lay hands on each other and pray over mm -hmm. each other? And uh, we are a true community in churches. Absolutely. And people in workforce, um, fire departments and police departments, we become like family, but they don't understand that other side of it. You know, it's the other side of that is supporting each other, encouraging each other, raising each other up and calling them out on trauma. Like, right. hey, you went through something hard. Yeah. You know, I try asking people around here and other departments, how's things going? Are you okay? 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we just had a, a beloved member pass away the other day. And I've asked a few people, how they doing? How are you processing this? And I get, I'm fine. Yes. It's fine. okay. It's fine. Everything's fine. Bury it down deep, right? That's right. <laughs> Bury it deep. But it's not, though, because this man was foundational to this department. And I know their true feelings. Right. But they don't want to talk about it. Right. Well, there's there's fear in being vulnerable, right? That's then you right. have to actually acknowledge that you're not okay. Because when people say, I'm okay, they a lot of them believe it. Well, they let's really also talk it. about the the fact that if you emote mm-hmm. in any other way than anger, mm-hmm. it's not masculine. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're you're a baby. You're you're a, be a man. I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so we got called girls all the time. Yeah. If we if we said anything about feelings, we were a girl. Yeah. And uh, it's not okay to ingrain that. I don't ingrain that in my kids. Uh, I tell my kids all the time, it's okay to emote. It's okay to talk about things. It's okay to feel things. Mm-hmm. Feelings are real, and it's okay for men to have feelings. Anger is a feeling, but why are you angry? But What's ang- the root of that? Right, and you, a lot of things. That's one thing I try to teach my kids is anger is 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 sadness as bodyguard. Like it, it is, it is the mask behind the true emotion, which is usually sadness. Yeah. So I like the way you said that. That was good. Yeah. yeah. That was one of my, something I really, especially my 15-year-old, because he w- was dealing with a lot of anger. And he actually, we, we brought him and he did an EMDR session. Yeah. And as it started, he had to give, he didn't have to say anything of what he was processing, but he had to give an emotion. And it went, he was like, angry was the first one that he was working on. Everything falling was sadness, 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 sadness. And I'm like, as a mom, you know, it's it's hard because I can see him processing stuff that I don't even know about that's that he doesn't have to talk about, but was so grateful that we removed the mask of anger Mm -hmm. to get to the root cause, which was sadness. Yeah. That is really something with kids. I I just, I think about what they're going through and parents who aren't self-aware or haven't educated themselves on this stuff and the generational curse of all mm. of this. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so hard. Yep. It really is. I know like my father grew up with a very angry alcoholic stepfather. His father passed away when he was like eight. And so he had a very angry alcoholic stepfather who was verbally and physically abusive. Mm-hmm. Now my father wasn't abusive to me, um, but you could see the anger all the time growing when I was growing up. And the anger was really depression, yeah. but it carries generationally. And if yeah. we don't stop it somewhere, we ha- we have to put up a roadblock somewhere. We have to say this has to end somewhere. Otherwise, what are we doing? Right. You know. Yeah. And so that's another reason why I keep pulling myself away from the five nines and coming back to I the know. five nines. I'm all over the place. <laughs> that's okay. So am I. <laughs> it's a, I'm going to contribute it to the energy drink I just had. So, in preparation, I'm about to work out. I'm trying to be healthy. See, I am too. I was calorie counting before I got here. I accidentally overcounted today. Hey, you can calorie count a whole sleeve of Oreos. That doesn't doesn't mean anything. My wife uh, brought home Girl Scout cookies the other day, and that is just mean. Yeah. She brought home Thin Mints, and those are my kryptonite right there. So I ate a sleeve of those. Um, and then I went and worked out afterwards. <laughs> there you go. See, that's why I'll just hit the treadmill when I get home. And that's right. Fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, and I think that a lot of people need to realize, too, that actually physical health and mental health can go hand in hand. And it can help you process. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, your body needs to be healthy everywhere. Yep. And it's not always easy. It's not. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. None of it is. Especially after 30, man. Everyone told me, you know, metabolism stops and all this. And I was like, that's whatever. Yeah. And then I, you know, just a couple years ago turned older than 30. And I was like, oh, that was no joke. (laughs) Now I actually have to try. Yeah. (laughs) It was easy. It's weird, right? Yeah. I have to put effort in now. Aw. Aw. (laughs) So with, with the five nines, are you... Uh, are you going to be talking about that in, in relation to mental health? Are you going to, Taylor's going to be encouraging people with the physical health and then you're both going to be encouraging with the uh, mental health. Yes. And I, I, we haven't really discussed complete rules. We're kind of like, let's get this up and go and yeah. we'll work it out as it goes kind of sure. thing. So, um, well, I, God's at the center of it. Absolutely. So it's all going to work out. Yep. And that's kind of how I'm planning is like, yeah. I have no problem submitting to the Holy spirit and be like, all right, tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, Currently, my husband and I are running a Bible study on Wednesday nights, so I'm hoping that it's a little bit easier of a Bible study. So I think 
that'll free up a little bit more time for me to be able to try to help more on the spiritual aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really, we're all just sharing TikToks, having conversations, (laughs) trying to, you know, encourage Mm -hmm. each other right now until we can say, all right, let's meet, let's come up with a plan. Let's, let's study something. And um, Yeah. yeah. So it's really, it's, but right now it's it's such a baby, but yeah, but it's, it's already, how many members do you have on that page? Cause I've seen a a bunch of them. I can't remember right now. I I believe we're between 100 and 150 and 175 now. That's amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, even if those people aren't posting, they joined for a reason. Yes. It wasn't to, it wasn't to just have another page to follow. Yes. And so even if they don't speak, even if they never speak, the posts that are going through there, the the testimonials that will be shared on there will get through to those people. Absolutely. And you have to believe that. Yes. Um, I think it's just wonderful what you guys are doing. And I'm really excited to uh, help with the podcast because this was already established. And I'm like, this is the exact thing I wanted to do already. Right. And so it was so wonderful. What a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not like God knows exactly what to do everywhere <laughs> right? at all times. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that... I think that as it progresses, the group, I think it's going to spread across different uh, police departments, EMS departments, fire departments, and people are going to start becoming more aware. Like This is a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm already starting to see stuff like that. Um, I heard the other day that the uh, a sheriff that I know is hosting a small group at his house for sheriffs. Yeah. So he's a Christian-rooted uh, uh, sheriff. And he wants to invite them over for a Bible study. Is this the, is this the uh, Armor of God Bible study? Or no? I don't know. I don't oh, know okay. what they call it. All right. I don't want to throw any names out there, but I heard a similar rumor directly from the person. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Jake? <laughs> nope, I did oh. not. This was a different one. So, but that's so that's awesome. even better. There's two. <laughs> I just heard this. Uh, uh, what day is today? Today's Tuesday. Uh, so I heard it on Sunday. That's awesome. And I was like, that's incredible. Yes. Absolutely incredible. And the sheriffs now have their own chaplain, uh, which is a friend of mine, a really close friend of mine. And he's their chaplain. So it's fantastic. That's good. Um, and I'm handling fireside stuff, which is fantastic. That is awesome. And it's really great. God's moving all over the place. It's very obvious. Yeah. That's uh, that's the, the real, um, even people that aren't really tied into church or anything, they People are coming up and being like, something's something's up. They can feel the shift in the spiritual world, whether they want to admit it or not. And they're like, something's, something's going on. Something's different. Something, yeah. you know. And I'm like, yeah, God's at work here. The revivals yeah. that are happening. Yeah. Absolutely. So. I think that um, I need a whole different podcast to talk about religion and spirituality oh, yes. <laughs> and everything. But there is definitely something going on. Yeah. There's definitely a shift. Um, it's always been said there's a spiritual battle going on around us at all times that God thankfully is protecting us from seeing. Absolutely. And I think that, I don't know if the balance is shifting, you know, maybe, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but it, it's there. You can feel it. People feel like something's up. So like yeah. now is the time to get right with God, get right with your mental health, your physical health, like get yourself prepared. If you feel something's, you know. Yeah. Going on, it's a good time to evaluate yourself. But also, if you feel a little bit of a push or a nudge that's saying, "Should I go to church? Should I be doing this?" That's probably God poking you and saying, "Come, yes. come to my house." Yep, absolutely. I'm inviting you in. Come to my house, and uh, people have to be receptive to hearing God. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the other. You can pray all you want. Yeah. But how good of a listener are you? Exactly. You know. Same thing with mental health, though. You know, we can, can't drag you there. You've got to. You got to be responsible enough to say, okay, yes, I'll take your help Yeah. if someone's offering it. You, you know what would be really exciting is if some of the people who, uh, through your guys' work that Jesus is using you for, end up starting their own groups. Mm-hmm. Or That'd it spreads awesome. to, like, Arizona, L.A., whatever, and they start their own groups out there. And they're like, this is great. We want to copy what's happening here. Yeah, I would love that. That would be amazing. I mean, and yeah. it's – I assume this not just here. Even just talking with Taylor about – the group and stuff on the fireside, we have our SISM team. So when mm-hmm. you have a traumatic call, there is a group that comes in to debrief with you. And I'm joining that team. Yeah, that's awesome. I <laughs> had applied and my workload's overwhelmed right yeah. now. So, um, but yeah, they, I absolutely love what they're doing. And for some people, especially male, it tends to be a little bit harder to get in a group and talk. So it's good to have 
like what we talked about with the group was like, what other options are there? Well, there's no talk therapy. You don't have to talk and you can process these things. And, you know, Taylor brought to light, like a lot of some of these police departments, it's, hey, grab a case of beer and that's our debriefing. And I'm like, eh, that's not healthy. That's a, <laughs> that's a very, very real situation. <laughs> that is a real situation. And yeah. I know it's not just here. So I, I mean, if nothing else, and it sparks yeah. others to, you know, to start at least questioning is, is, are we doing enough for our employees? I think is the big thing. And I cannot speak highly enough of our, my senior medic, my boss, because, you know, he is the one that said, Hey, I, I can see you're not okay. I want you to see this therapist. And he's the one that said, you know, takes time off. It was actually cared about his employees enough. Was that Nick? Nope. That would have been, uh, his name's Timmy. Tim. Okay. Oh. So yeah, he, he was like, actually keeps an eye out for his his people and there's so many you know services or employers that are like hey sorry uh you don't get the day off um mm. come back to work refresh tomorrow and you know and yeah. that's not good that's what causes the burnout in so many people so quickly the burnout is very real very real uh i switched so when the pandemic hit, i've been doing real estate since 2016 with with my wife and uh, when the pandemic hit, I was working as uh, one of the service managers over to the Toyota shop at their All Makes Express with the car wash and everything. Mm -hmm. And we shut down and because of COVID. So at that point, I decided to go real estate full time instead of part time. And the difference of working a 60 hour a week job to being my own boss again and finding time to relax and finding time to uh, volunteer at the church and finding time to do the things that matter. It was night and day. Right. I didn't realize that I was burnt out. Yep. And you I, don't, I but it's the same it. thing with mental health. I mean, if you actually sat down and talked with so many individuals, I think that they would reflect on themselves and be like, whoa, I am not where I thought I was. No. You know, so many, I mean, how common is it to go home after a bad call or even every day and just, it's only one or two beers. Like yeah. it's just to take, I had a rough day at work. It's just one, it's just two. And it doesn't have to be a, a quote unquote problem because you aren't getting drunk yeah. and you're still waking up for work the next day. So it's fine. But you're self-medicating. You are. And you're, you're just masking and numbing and you're never processing any of it out. And it will all pile up and boil over at some point. Yeah. You know, I remember my pastor doing a sermon about, mental health and she had this vase and my 20 year old constantly reflects back on this because it was life-changing for her this analogy but she had all these big stones which were big things in your life like this is my job this is my career this is my thing she filled the vase up and then she's like and had a bunch of little stones and she's like you pour some little stones on there this was i stubbed my toe this is my car broke down this is you know and it all overflows and how important it is to take some of those stones out before more get piled on top. Mm -hmm. And people don't process that. People don't realize that their vases are so overfilling already before this little thing, you know, oh no, I, you know, my cell phone broke and shattered and that's the explosion they experience, yeah. you know? So it's, I think that if a lot of people actually did self-reflect and really ask themselves, where am I mental health wise? Am I not feeling anything? Because that's not, that's not necessarily good. Am I numbing? Where, where am I? And really reflect on it. I, I mean, people could, it's, it's hard. It can be hard sometimes, but it's. it's I also don't think that they make um, a great attempt at it. And when I say they, I say uh, mostly governmental agencies, um, the state in mm -hmm. particular. Uh, it's, it's almost like they don't want us to be mentally healthy. And I'm not yeah. knocking New York State. In this area, because maybe they have a great mental health uh, plan in place. I have no idea. I've never looked into it. But it seems like it's just not widespread enough because now you have individuals like you and Taylor who are starting programs. When why isn't our government, who's supposed to be taking care of us, right. isn't starting programs like this? And right. and there are programs. I, I I know there are programs even locally, but they're not talked about enough. They're not widespread. They're not advertised enough. Um, I think agencies should be coming into uh, every workplace. Yeah. You know, how great would it be if, if once a month you had the opportunity to sit down with somebody, your employer took care of it, had someone come in, and you got to unload, de-stress, make sure you're mentally healthy, emotionally healthy. Um, I think that workforces would be a lot better. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. I think I'm, 
you get tend to have these relationships in the you know first responder field where you have your quote work wife or work husband yeah. and it's you know you have somebody that has that ability and like I know for me I had one for many many years and I haven't spent much time with them recently but it would be like hey bad call me for drinks and we'll debrief yeah. you know and the idea was right but the execution was a little off yeah. but part of our group was like let's get let's get the providers together let's get police fire EMS on the same circuit so that when I say listen I just had this awful car accident and I know I know that there was this sheriff there this trooper there and this fire department there let's send them a message meet at Tim Hortons let's call let's talk yeah. You know, or let's meet at this place and let's have lunch and let's debrief if you want to. Because I think part of it is the SISM team is so amazing and it's meant for like massive like trauma. Like yeah. it's for something that's really, really big. And there's really nothing in place for the fact that, oh, you had a 1041, a deceased person today. And then yeah. you went and did a stub toe and then you had a cardiac person that you flew, but they died on the way. Like there's nothing for those quote, little things, yeah. which are not little things, because for that person, that family, that's the worst traumatic experience of their life, right? So for us, it's just little things. And nobody just sits down and checks in on those. We usually just push those off. Well, see, and, that's, and those little stones add up. <laughs> that's exactly it. But that's that's exactly why chaplains exist, mm -hmm. is for stuff like that, big and little. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I'm really excited for the opportunity to do bigger stuff with the SISM team. But at the same time, uh, for those who don't know what the SISM team is, because if there's anybody who's not a first responder, a critical incident stress management team, which is designed to respond to uh, mass casualties or massive car accidents. They do respond to the little things too, but a lot of times people don't want to bother them with the little things like what you're saying. So um, I said it in the last podcast, and I'll say it again. Uh, I will make myself available to anybody, police, EMS, fire, from any department, any agency. Um, and if I can't help you, I will get you to a person who can help you. Mm -hmm. um, my number's already public because I'm a realtor, so I don't mind saying it on, on here. Right. So if anybody is going through stress, if anybody does want to talk, if anybody had a rough call, um, if anybody just had a stressful day at work and just wants someone to process it, they can call me, 716 489 Five eight six zero. I had to think about that because I don't call myself too often. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I will make myself available if someone needs it. Right. So I mean, I can be called day or night, and I'll do everything I can. The beautiful thing is, uh, as a realtor, I have a really flexible schedule, so I I make my own schedule. Right. It's wonderful. I think that's awesome, and I, and honestly, I, as I started to pursue chaplaincy, but then realized I was definitely called more in a pastoral role. Um, it really made me reflect on like what the role is. And I, oh, I'd be interested to know how many people know who their chaplain is, you know, like, and how many yeah. apartments have chaplains, how many don't, because it's, I see them like, all right, they pray at the, before dinner at the banquet and they'll, you know, help with the funeral. And that's, you don't see a lot of activity. And I think a lot of it has to do with so many of them are getting older in age and there's really not very many young people coming in to step up. As chaplains. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, so... I was going to join a different department. I was out of the, the fire department industry for uh, a full decade. Politics, drama, it, it's everywhere in every agency. Police, fire, EMS, it doesn't matter. Any job has it. So it's nothing uh, uh, unique. Um, but I just, I had young kids at the time and I wanted to break. And so when I came back in, I was applying at a different department and it wasn't going to work out that department. And so I'm like, well, you know, what? I'm going to go try Lakewood. They're my neighboring department. They're right here. And... Uh, so on a whim, I came down here and I talked to the chief and he's like, yes, put in an application. I'm like, okay, great. So then they accepted me. And it wasn't, but maybe, I think I was in for maybe eight months at the time, nine. And Pete Dawson, who did uh, the chaplain, he started all the chaplain program in Chautauqua County. Mm -hmm. He's a legend as far as that goes. Uh, he did for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pete is getting older. And so about... About month nine, uh, Jack Knowlton, who just passed away the other day, sat me down and said, would you ever be interested in this? He's like, well, <laughs> the way he asked was, hey, I heard you go to church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I always like that phrase, though. Hey, I heard you're religious. And yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I go, yeah, I go, I go to church. He goes, he goes, I heard you're pretty involved with your church. I go, I go, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> and at the time, I was employed at my church. Okay. 
and uh, as the Tekken ta uh, sound director. And uh, so he asked me if I'd ever be interested, and I, I said I have to really pray about that and think about it. And I went to Cameron, who's mm -hmm. uh, pastor at Conduit and uh, chaplain, and I talked to him about it a little bit, and I talked to John Staley, who is my mentor in Christianity, and I talked to a couple of people about it and finally came to the conclusion after praying, I'm like, maybe this is why I came here. Maybe mm -hmm. this is why the other department didn't work out. Maybe, you know, who am I to question that push and nudge that God gives us? Right. You know, I don't know what the path is supposed to look like. And I, I thought to myself, how many times would I, could I have used a chaplain? Yeah. And so I ended up doing it and I ended up falling in love with it. Because it is really cool to work with the people I've worked with and talk to the people, the training I've taken. So I actually just started training with uh, United States Chaplain Corp out of New York City. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who provide chaplains to all of the military branches and NYPD, FDNY, all that. Um, so I'm in the beginning stages of that. I've passed the initial things and I've become an associate chaplain through them. Now I go into further specialties. And so I'm going into the specialty of first responder because why wouldn't I? Right. Um, but, yeah, you're right. There's not enough young people doing it, yeah. but also tells us how many young people are going to church. Yeah. How many young people have a relationship with Jesus. Right. You know, and right. every agency needs a chaplain. Right. And a lot of them don't know their chaplains. You're absolutely right. That's I think I don't think they know the role of their chaplains either. I think yeah. not, not putting it on the chaplains. I don't think that many members of the agencies are aware that we're here for that. They, they might say, Hey, welcome to the club. This is what I'm here for. And then you don't see him again for another year. You yeah. know, you know, so many of them, especially being more advanced in age, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's sad because I, that's not what our mind goes to yeah. in first responders. It's, it's all right, let's let me get a drink and talk with a friend, but we forget that that could be the person that you should be talking to too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? And I think that there's this, I don't want to use the word stigma, I've used it too much lately. Um, but there's this view that uh, chaplains are only there for funerals. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've done a bunch of funerals now. But we're also there for for stress, for debriefing, uh, if you're having problems in your life, personal life mm -hmm. or or professional life as a as an officer, a firefighter, EMS. Uh, we're also there for if you have an addiction problem. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things that we can help with. And that's, that's why there's training, why that exists. Now, Cameron in particular stepped into that role really easily because he's been a pastor for, I don't know, 20 years, 15 years, something like that. Right. So he stepped into that really easily, and, and he just wanted to help people out. And he already had all that training because he went to seminary school. Right. And uh, I think that people, people in different departments need to find their chaplain, talk to them, and develop a better plan if their chaplain is active. Right. Um, I think every department should have their own chaplain. Um, I think that we have a county chaplain, so Bob Benson mm -hmm. is the county chaplain. Yeah. I work with Bob a lot. He's really great. He is a nice guy. I love Bob. Yeah. And uh, but him and I were just talking recently. Every department should have a qualified chaplain of I their agree. own. Yeah. And I, I think part of our reasoning for starting this group, too, Taylor and I, was uh, in a tech era with our kids are – like we talk through cell phones, we video through cell phones, we do everything through cell phones and computers. There's such a lack of vulnerability of face-to-face. -face. So how can we make this, how can we get with the times, if you will, and make it so that if someone wants to talk, they they aren't terrified. And well, why not Facebook message, right? Send me, send me a Facebook yeah. message, send me a, you know, a text. Yeah. And then you can start that process to be able to talk in person because most people are like, I am not calling somebody up for help. <laughs> like yeah. they want that easy click of a button. Well, so you can relate that to absolutely with, with Facebook. Yeah. How many times do you run into somebody that you are friends with on Facebook and then they, they turn down an aisle real quick or they just don't say hi yeah. or yeah. maybe they give you a head nod. Yeah. But they talk to you all the time online. Oh, absolutely. Send messages, comment on all your posts. Yep. But see you in person, it's just a head nod. Yes. And it's like, oh, okay. We don't know how to interact yeah. with humans anymore. We don't. You know? And that's what, I mean, it's awful and I don't like it, but I'm also like, how can we help humans talk with humans yeah. using what we're, yeah. what's real now? Yeah. So. I've never actually experienced that, but I've witnessed it. Oh, I have. Yeah. All yeah. the time. Do the little, the little head nod. Yeah. 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 I think I've probably been the executor of the head nod, yeah. which is why I have an experience because I'm probably the one doing it. <laughs> but I love talking to people. I'm an extrovert. So, yeah. 
I am too. So I, I'm surprised I'm doing the head nod. <laughs> but it's all a mood though. Some days I'm like, yeah, not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So I think we've given everybody a lot of great information today. I, I appreciate you coming. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you talking. Um, I'm hoping on the next podcast we'll get you and Taylor together. And uh, I would love to start having uh, like Taylor posted on the Five Nines page if anybody's interested in coming on. Yeah. So if anybody is, yeah. I'd love to have them. That'd be great. I know uh, originally when we started too, we had talked about um, wanting to uh, explain our journeys in medical health, in in mental health, I'm sorry, uh, a little bit more detailed. So we were working on trying to make a video to post or something, but what a better way to do it vulnerably here with people. So, yeah. you know, I think that'd be neat to see people come on and share some of their stories, you know, yeah. talk about their healing, yeah. encourage others to seek out that healing. Absolutely. And there will be a TikTok page. It's created. I just need to send you guys the login so you can do all your fun dances. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to dance, but you two can have all that. I'll be the master of the slideshow presentation. That'll be me. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay. You can do that. Taylor can do all the dancing there and singing, <laughs> lip syncing. There you go. <laughs> so uh, I normally pray us out, but why don't you pray us out? Do you feel comfortable with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to be here, Lord, not just spread the word of you, but spread the word of healing and what you have for people that they might not even realize you have up and offered to them, Lord. We thank you for uh, for Jake for bringing awareness to this and for Taylor, for all of us coming together for such time as this, as you say, Lord, just to get everyone together for the perfect timing to help spread your word and spread healing to others. Lord, we ask that you just have your hand in the works of both this podcast and this group and in our daily lives as we move forward, Lord, and just, just encourage others to seek out help, seek seek us, seek friends, seek the, the healthy outlets they can to find healing if they need it, Lord. We thank you and we ask you for all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. No problem.